Hey guys, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is the Gary V Audio Experience. Hey everybody, this is Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is episode 255, we think, of the Ask Gary V Show. We are in a beautiful setting here in Cannes at the uh, advertising festival, but way more important than that, we're hanging with some of our favorite friends, but way more important than that, we have music superstar, black coffee in the house with his epic light blue pants and his massive skills. Black coffee, my man, first of all, not to, great to see you. Why don't you tell the Vayner Nation that's watching right now, you know, for the people that have been living under a rock before we get into the questions that are coming through. Facebook, great to see you start firing away your questions. Why don't you tell for a minute or two not only what you do but a little bit of the backstory, which I'm very fond of of how you've gotten to this point and what you do for a living, so fire away. Um, basically, I'm a music guy. Um, <laughs> born in South Africa, um, started music, dropped out, um, started a band, dropped out, um, started my solo career as a music producer and a DJ. I've uh, been doing this for like over 10 years now. Um, yeah. That's, how, that's it? That's it. So, on a very serious note, what's really interesting is uh, I'm fortunate enough to hang out with a lot of fun people, but the selfie that you and I took 18 months ago, the passion of your audience is so incredible. When people saw that we were hanging out together, they're like, it blew their mind. Uh, and I've been following along since the day I've met you with your career and things of that nature. It's incredible to watch uh, the passion that your fan base has. Why do you think you've broken out? And, and actually, because again, I want to make sure people know, how do you define your genre, because I think you do it a little bit different, and I want to just hear it from the, the horse's mouth. How do you define your style of DJing and music? I, I just call it house music. You know, um, one guy literally yesterday was asking me, you know, I, I know it's house, but what kind of house? And I, I try not to go there. Uh, On I think, purpose? Cause yeah, and, and I don't want box, it to be. You feel like you get boxed? Yeah, I don't want it to be pigeonholed into, into any genre of house. I just, I just call it house music. And it's different at times. It's, it's a bit tribal sometimes, a bit African sometimes. It's a bit jazzy, more R&B-ish, more house, but it is house music. So, actually, let's take a step back. When did you realize as a youngster you loved music? Was it when you were right away from the womb, like later in life? Uh, when I was a kid, basically, I just used to love dancing to music. Um, and then growing up, one of my cousins and his friend, they had like a mobile disco sound system. I used to go with them, help them connect the system at parties and, you know, anything that had music, I would, I would be there. You know, I didn't know what I really wanted to do. Um, when they introduced a music class in school, I was the first one to go in there. Um, still, I didn't know. You know, I went to study, you know, listening to that music next door. I studied jazz um, music and even then I didn't know what I would do, you know, but there was a music studio which I really loved working on music production more than anything. And I think that's where the production work started, you know, shaping up. And, and as you were going through this music journey, who were the one, two, three, you know, influences you think in your music life? I think I'm always fascinated by who people listen to or, or what was the song or who was the producer. Like, what were, what were some of those keystone individuals and or moments in your music journey? I, th I think as a, at an early age, you know, I just um, 
sort of like visualize myself on a global scale. You know, I used to have like dreams of then working with Michael Jackson as a kid in in Africa. You know, right. um, I used to have like daydream about him and me being friends, and he would come <laughs> to South Africa for a show and would hang out and. You know, um, I think he's one of the people that played a major role. You know, I, I, I listened to a lot of the stuff that he was doing with Kids and Jones very early and just watched his career and many others, you know, but from an early age, I, I've always had that global um, ambition. You know, it's funny, you have a piece of content that caught my attention where it's a dr drone coming in and out and, and you, referenced, you referenced there, I think, as a kid, you know, I daydreamed a lot, I was in my head a lot, yeah. and this is now the second time, so is that what you were doing? Like, when you were sitting there, like, is that what you were just doing? Like, you were like, dreaming it out? Like, you, you were picturing what it was gonna Everything, look like man. with you and Michael Jackson being homies? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> it was the craziest thing. Like, where thing. were you guys? Were you like, in California? And Everly? That's like, where the thing. I was, in, I was in a township in, in South Africa, um, almost rural, place called the Eastern Cape, almost, almost rural. I say that because my grandmother had cows, so I grew up milking cows, literally. And um, on holidays, I would be like the shepherd boy. I would look after the cows, and that's where the day daydreaming was taking place, like in the field when I'm sitting with the cows. <laughs> and that's how I would spend my holidays. I love that. So, yeah. before we get into some of the questions that are coming through on social, what, uh, what was kind of the, you know, break? You know, it's obviously been a, you know, overnight success takes your whole life. But what was, was there a, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are watching, a lot of creators, a lot of artists. I think for everybody there is always like moments. It might not, you know, for me I never think of it as like the one thing, but it's been like seven or 10 or 11 different things. Do you remember the first thing that kind of changed the outcome? Obviously you mentioned earlier you've tried a couple things in the past, they, they didn't work out. For the thing that did work out, was there, did somebody put you on? Did somebody play a song? Did, what, what was the moment where you first tasted, okay, there's something happening here? I think when I got accepted to study music at a university level, I then thought, okay, I might, I might have something. Because it was the most weird thing for me. Um, I can't really sing, but they interviewed me as a singer. So they asked me to sing, and that's how I got in. So I majored in jazz voice. Um, so that's, for me that was like, okay, maybe I do have something, you know. Um, and then while we were studying, then we were signed as a band in, uh, by an, an, a label from London. Um, and that was also another step to say, okay, we actually do have something going. So those two steps for me were the most important. Um, in terms of just knowing, okay, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, but I, I am in the right direction. What about your relationship with social? You know, you have a really substantial following. Um, does that come native to you? As somebody who's been, you know, sitting with the cows and in your own head as a framework, has the outward aspect of the fame or the, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of fans that follow you on these platforms, has that come natural? Has that something you've had to develop? Do you like it? Do you not like it, but you recognize the importance in what you do for a living? Talk to me about that relationship. I, I love that relationship. I, I respect it a lot. Um, I see it as a great platform to talk to my people a lot. Also because 
I'm hardly in, in, in South Africa anymore. You know, uh, at, at times I feel like I'm detached from everything that's happening, from, from the fan base. Uh, and for me, it's very important to be accessible. You know, um, it's very important for me to talk to them and make them understand that whatever that I'm doing, they can do it. You know, um, I, so it helps me close that gap and I'm able to talk. Like today, my tweet was, um, what did you do today to, to um, get closer to the life that you deserve? You know, that was my tweet today and it got a lot of traction because it was a genuine question. You know, and that's, that's what I try and post about. I post about real things. Um, there's a line though, you know, um, there's a very thin line because there's a real life and then there's a real personal life, you know, and I try to separate the, the, the personal things because I don't think they'll, they'll motivate some people. Sometimes they can just kill their spirits as well you know so I try to be as real as possible and I, I use my my social media platforms all the time to post things that can only build because you must remember I'm from South Africa and we have a very turbulent past as a country and um, it affected a lot of our parents and uh, great grandparents and they didn't have much to give us, you know, even in terms of drive and motivation, you know. So we are building as a country at the moment. We try to find our feet and it's always important to push that message that, guys, remember, we, we are far from where the rest of the world is, you know. And I, I, I try so hard to use my uh, social media to communicate such. Love it. Lindsay is going to ask the questions here today, D-Rock. So, Linz? Oh, yeah, testing. Okay, so first, here. the live stream is a little... So, the live stream is a little spotty. Okay, both. but do you have so questions? All right. They're all asking. Okay. Uh, so, Roy Cases wants to know what's more beneficial, being a jack of all trades or being a master of one? Um, for me, I mean, grow, growing up, I music was definitely my thing like this is all I do you know and but I have love for art you know um, I've developed love for for other things you know and if not everyone can be a master of everything but if you have the talent I think that's what it it, 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 it boils down to 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 have the talent of doing other things one of the reasons while um, why Gary inspires me so much is the fact that he's not just one um, minded or his, his business is only on, on one direction you know he does so many different things and he does all of them with passion and I think that's the most important thing and I draw so much from from him and many other people who, who like Virgil Abloh, who's an architect and a clothing designer and, and, and so many other things, you know, if you have the talent and the drive to be able to, to master what you know, then don't, don't stop because you are afraid to be tagged as a, a master of none. And, you know, I just think 
if the challenge is there, go on. I'll, I'll add on that. I think I think self-awareness matters so much, right? Like, I think that there's a lot, I mean, I look and I know a lot of you, a lot or a little bit or from afar, I'm sure we all aspire for other things that we could have done or wanted to be, especially when we're hanging around with the, our friends and things of that nature, but the reality is you've got to realize what you are. And I also think that one can judge it's subjective if you're the master of a certain thing or you're doing a whole bunch of different things. So for me, I appreciate those kind words and it's funny for me, all, all the things I do and I do so many different things, but ironically for me, they're actually just a heavy reliance on empathy which then leads to being a good salesman because if you understand other people and what they want, you're deploying against that and then I'm just kind of looking at culture and trends and deploying those opportunities so I don't know if I'm doing a jack of all trades because I'm doing, whether it's wine or advertising or, or whatever the heck I'm doing, or am I a master of one, which is I am so deeply entrenched into my emotional intelligence around one single thing called empathy that is the seed that reverses all the way back. So I think even the definition of that, I could, I could see myself being either or. And I think we spend so much time debating things like that and the people that ask those kind of questions, my answer is always just do. Sitting around and pondering the strategy of being a master or a jack instead of doing is a huge mistake. Lindsay? So on a personal note, you were talking about earlier, how was your father's day? My father's day was amazing. Um, I was home actually last week. Um, so I got the little gifts for my little ones from school, the drawings. I attended a Father's Day thing at the little one's school. They got us singing and jumping around. So it was, it was really amazing. I think the Cannes Film Festival is a terrible festival because it's actually during Father's Day and like literally the fact that they can't move it a week upsets me greatly. So I have a half a Father's Day every year because I have to jump on a late plane to get here for all the stuff that's going on. So I'd like to use this platform right now to lobby for a pushback by one week. <laughs> Hope somebody here at the Lions is listening. All right, this is a very specific question from Jesse K, 16 years old, from Upper Saddle River, New Jersey. Yes, Jersey in the Home house. Number 201-888-2730. Wow, sharing info. Wow. Uh, question regarding yeah. team entrepreneurship him, and whether you should jump at every opportunity when you're trying to balance school and business as much as possible. Look, in my experience, I'd say jump. You know, um, the sooner you jump, the better because you you, you learn so much from trying and failing. Um, if you if you don't try now you might just try a little bit too late, you know. So learn now while you're 16. By 18, you'll have an experience of some sort. You'll know what to, what, what to take and what not to take. You know, it doesn't matter how many, you know. And I'm, I'm from that school that always used to calculate and like, no, I'm not ready. And, and with growing up, I've learned that actually I've wasted so much time on trying to plan things that I don't even know. You know, so I go all in and I'll get the experience as I, as I, as I get on with it, basically. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I am, I'm, you've, there's so much more upside than downside in taking risk at a young age. It's just practical. It's practical to go high risk, high reward in your teens and 20s. It's just life practical. And I, and I think the reason people don't 
is they love their parents or grandparents or somebody in their life that they don't want to disappoint by doing the thing that seems crazy to that elder. And you know, I don't want to sit on a pedestal and say, you know, do, you know, do that. But I understand what's stopping them. I just want to challenge people to recognize that regret is very scary. And what ends up happening is you're protecting your parents' feelings in your 20s by doing the thing you want them to do, but how it manifests is in a relationship in your 40s, 50s, and 60s with your parents that is less healthy because you start blaming them for not taking those jumps. And so I feel like you can fight with your parents now or later and I just think it works out much better in the upfront. other end of the spectrum, Celeste Stewart, who's watching all the way from Cape Town, South Africa, wants to know how do you deal with rejection? Um, okay, he's like, yes. Can I take that first? <laughs> and then you can take it. Yeah, you know, phenomenally. I fucking love rejection. I'm so blown away by people's lack of understanding that battle scars are attractive. Like, losses are sexy. Like, I, like, I, like, I love losing, I love rejection. I actually go the other way. When I win, I get weird. I hated same. winning. You? <laughs> go, like go. Same, same. Especially me coming from where I come from, you know, I start feeling bad for the guys that didn't make it. Didn't, didn't win and, you know, um, but this is how I started. My first album, uh, which came out in 2005, was an album of remixes. And so I went around, did my research, asking the guys that were doing what I was doing, what I was trying to do, like, is, it, is it worth it doing an album of remixes? Like, they were like, what do you mean? I'm like, if I take the old music that's around and remix it and re-release it, you know, do you think it would be a success? And everyone was like, come on, dude, people know the songs already, you know, you're wasting your time. This is how I started, you know, and I, I felt very, um, I believed in the idea so much that I went ahead, you know, and, and released that album as my first album and I won a, an award for it, you know. So my, my debut album got me an award and it was an album of remixes that I was told it was never going to make it, you know. So this is how I started and I, I feel the same way about uh, rejection. It's always a way for me to say, I, I think that I'm on the right track. You know, the fact that a lot of people are not understanding because we live in a world where everyone is following. Everyone is following and um, we wake up when it's too late. Someone goes the other way and they create Facebook. We're like, wow, why didn't we think of that? You know, I bet you uh, uh, Zuckerberg, when he first came with an idea, not if he had put it out there that he wanted to create such a thing, I don't think many people would have agreed with him. And that's how it is, you know, um, I just think find power in, regret, in uh, rejection, you know, use that power to fuel you to do even better. Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, the way I think, I, I just, it's basically a binary thing. I think that people that are attracted and are obsessed with losing tend to win. Like, it's such a counter-intuitive thing. Like, people are always fascinated when I talk on this subject matter. I don't know, I just really, like, I love being a Jets fan so much. Like, I love the losses, I love the climb. It's all the journey. Like, I, I mean, and on a personal level, like that's something I can't control and that's kind of ha-ha. On a personal level, like, 
go, going into my dad's liquor store, like I wasn't good enough to get a job somewhere else, or going into the advertising world, or wine library TV, being in the wine business, doing something that everybody, everything I've ever done in my life has started off with I'm an idiot and I'm a loser and ended with I'm a genius and I'm a winner. And the only way you can actually do that is that you don't actually give a fuck about what anybody else is saying. Like that's what it comes down to. You're either the kind of person that crumbles in other people's opinions about what you're up to or you're the kind of person that stays in your own head in a fucking field with cows or just in your own head in your bed and realize I've got this and it's gonna taste so much. Like I live for, I fucking told you, I live for that. Like I don't mind if people think that's like weird and like, like it's the best feeling. I love looking at people's faces that didn't think and rolling up like this sport, I've got a sports agency now. My brother and I just started. We're, and we're trying to sign these kids and they're going with much bigger firms as they should, I get it. But if you don't think I can't wait to Super Bowl in four years or the ESPYs in two years and roll up on these kids and say, you fucked up. Like, like, that, like that's what's driving me to take bullshit flights to Toledo to meet their parents right now. Literally just the fact that most people think I'm too busy doing too many things and I can't. So I deal with it tremendously. So very relevant to what Steve Otwell says, Brad asks, uh, when you hit your goals, how do you actually deal with feeling worthy of them? Which I think you just answered, but it's a good point. I hate hitting goals, which is why I try not to make them other than buying, like I genuinely believe the day I buy the New York Jets is gonna be a weird day for me. Like, like I don't, like, I don't know. Like, I don't like hitting goals. I don't like it. I, I actually don't make goals. I've got one that's on the record. It's a big one. It's gonna take me some time. You? Um, it's, it's, it's a weird feeling for me as well. Um, I don't know, I think. It's a downer, the, right? The, the journey is more exciting. You know, not knowing what's gonna happen for me is, is always exciting. You know, like waking up, not sure if it's gonna work out or not, but try, you know, we keep moving forward, you know. Um, and I mean, in all interviews for the past five, six years, I've been mentioning one name and like, who do you wanna collaborate with? I'm like, Drake? They like, about you doing house music. I'm like, I also don't know what it's gonna how it's gonna happen, but that's what I want. You know, um, and, and why, and I, I've always been saying, because I, I feel the kind of house music that we do is, is quite beautiful, but it, it's not accessible, or it doesn't have the Beyonce or the Drake budget, so it doesn't get too many ears, you know? But I'm, I'm here to wait and try and make it work until we got the call from, from Drake's people one day saying, let's do it, you know? Um, and when that happened, I, I couldn't even share it. Even though it's something I've been tra like chasing for for years. Did you have you the know? feeling where you were pumped for like three minutes and then like just kind of moved forward? Of course, uh, and uh, people that would be around me, um, my wife, my friends, they, they always say, "But you don't you don't look excited. Are, are you happy?" And I'll say, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know." But I think what makes me happy is the journey. The next thing. You know, it's the next thing it, it, every yeah, time. Yeah. One more, Linz. Should I ask the audience? No, go ahead. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll jam with the audience uh, separate. All right, so two questions. How, one question, two parts. Uh, Gary, how do you define the grind versus the hustle? And coffee, how do you define Natty? 
How do you define inspiration versus motivation? What's the difference? You start. Inspiration versus motivation. I think to inspire, inspiration can come from just words you can pick up on, on Google and just put them up and inspire people. To motivate people is to get involved. You know, one of the things I did in, in 2010, um, that's the year South Africa was hosting World Cup, um, I started a DJ Black Coffee Foundation and the launch of it, because I wanted to motivate people, I set up a stage in the middle of Soweto um, in a shopping center and DJed, uh, DJed for 60 hours, like from Thursday midnight until Sunday midday. That was motivation. You know, for me, that's the difference between motivating someone and inspiring someone. Um, I use that as a motivation and I kept saying in interviews when we were building up to it that I want people to see what I'm doing and get up and, and do something similar. You know, there's so many different homes with people that I need in South Africa. Go there, spend a day, do laundry, cook for them. This is what I was trying to do, to motivate them to get up and do something. For, that's how I think I've defined, uh, defined the two. It's so crazy. I've never DJed in my entire life. When he just was talking, I was like, I'm gonna fucking DJ for 61 hours. <laughs> I'm so sick, I'm like such a broken person. Anyway, I actually am gonna use this opportunity to do something for my audience that I've wanted to speak about for a while now, which is I don't define the grind or the hustle in any different words. Like, I don't think about, I think we're getting too caught up in words, especially my community. Like, we're trying to define all these things. You can call it, use the adjective, you know, that you want. I, I think nobody should be confused. I think it's a great uh, parlay off of what you said. I'm trying to show people. The, re the reason I do a daily vlog is sure, I'm narcissistic and wanted on tape and all that stuff and it builds a brand and it'll be fun to look at when I'm 80. But more than anything, I'm suffocating out anybody's excuse of what hard work actually looks like. It's on tape now. It's black and white. There's no more debate. You guys see it. And by the way, I'm so thrilled to do this literally for 28 straight years so that it's so mundane and boring. It's the same old grind and hustle, same old thing. And so whether you use the word grind or hustle or work or do, I love when people are like, Gary, you shouldn't use crush it anymore. It's played out. Use this. Or I don't like the word hustle. It could mean like, like the, to debate the word. The semantics of that shit is such a waste of time. Just do the action. You understand what it is. If you're debating the word and trying to have those conversations, that's the excuse to buy we'll time to not time. actually do it. That's exactly right. Linz, thank you so much. Thank you, bro. Follow this man. Clap it up. Love this man. Thanks for hanging with us. Now, my friend. Oh, yeah, I'll take that again. But now, you get to ask the question of the day. Every time I have a guest, you get to ask, I'm gonna buy you some time while you think of it. You get to ask the question of the day. You know, thousands of people across YouTube and Facebook will answer it. You can use this for market research. You can use this for, you can make it just silly or fun. But you get to ask the question of the day and they will answer it. So what's your um, question for the Vayner Nation? I think um, the human generation or just humans are in constant search of happiness. And, People find it in different things, in, in work, in play. Um, I think my question to everyone is, 
and this question is to inspire you, maybe to get you up and and go find your own. What is your happiness? Good question. My man, let's clap it up for this wonderful human being. You keep asking questions, we'll keep answering them. Guys, thanks for listening to the audio experience. Two things. One, make sure you're watching my vlog on YouTube. And two, hit me up on the DM. It's going down on DM.